Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hi, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are here with the cutest of all, and that is Kiki Monique, the face behind the talk of shame on TikTok and Instagram, and also co-host of I'm Sorry, a podcast about apologies. Hi, Kiki. Hi. I'm so glad to be here in my, look, I'm in a dark cave. (laughs) If I turned the lights on here and you saw what was happening, if a cat jumps on me, it's it's a mess back here. Well, that would be on theme. We are covering Josie and the Pussycat. Uh I thought you meant the chaos, but yes, the cat is also on brand for today. I do have to give the disclaimer at the top of the show. There is a 164% chance that I will be calling this movie Josie and the Pussycat Dolls. I can't stop it. I can't help myself. <laughs> okay. that's that. Well, normally we ask this in a little bit, but I think this is a good time for it. Have you seen this movie? Wait, let me guess first. You okay. did not. I have. How? I have seen this movie. How? Nobody saw this movie. I did, and I saw it in theaters, and I loved it, and the soundtrack was magical, and I was here for it. The only thing consistent about me is my inconsistency, and so this was a movie that slipped through the cracks and found me in the early aughts. Kiki, this woman hasn't seen Scream, she hasn't seen Cruel Intentions, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, but she saw Josie and the Pussycats. Random. (laughs) (laughs) So before we have you tell us about the movie in one minute or less, Kiki, I'm going to give you some... I say some, but I really came with a shitload of facts today. So buckle up, because they're good. So the movie came out in 2001. It was written and directed by Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan, who also wrote Can't Hardly Wait, The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas, and, wait for it, a very Brady sequel. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Your church, your Bible. These two were really just giving it to me in the (laughs) early 2000s the budget for the movie was 40 million dollars and it made 14.9 million wow yeah so chelsea when i said you were one of the only ones to watch it that was not being hyperbolic it was a box office disaster and it ruined the careers of both directors they never made a feature length film again and babyface was the producer and this ruined his producing career as well as well as Rachel Lee Cook and Tara Reid's movie career. Rosario Dawson's, oh yeah, Rosario Dawson's career took a hit for three years, but she bounced back with Sin City and Rent in 2005. So that is nuts. Wow. Maybe we shouldn't be recapping it. I think this will be the end of us. <laughs> We're going to give them PTSD if they hear this. <laughs> Well, we did just cover She's the Man with Amanda Bynes, and she famously like hates that movie. So I guess we're just making enemies all over the place in Hollywood now. Yeah, that's what this season okay. is. <laughs> Hate us. <laughs> a little bit more about its failure. The film was supposed to be the first in a series of live-action adaptations of Hanna-Barbera cartoons that were like aimed for... The children that originally watched that are now adults. So they were a little bit edgier, a little bit raunchier. But then when this flopped, they were halfway done filming Scooby-Doo and they were like, take the sex jokes out, take the sex jokes out. So then that was just PG. Oh, wow. And one more, I told you I had a lot. I'm so sorry. One more little fact before we let Kiki talk. And I think this is my favorite fact I brought today. Due to the level of profanity and adult themes, Archie Comics, who published Josie and the Pussycats originally, they denounced the film and like openly told people not to go see it and they demanded that the producers inserted a scene of Josie and the Pussycats brushing their teeth to preserve like a wholesome image oh terrible yeah it's so bizarre what a strange 
thing to latch onto of like, oh my God, too many sex jokes. Please brush your teeth. <laughs> like oral hygiene is always the most wholesome of activities. It's so weird. And then I don't watch Riverdale. I stopped watching, but like, why do they support that and not this? Like, isn't there full blown sex on Riverdale? I just feel like we have sense of humors that have caught up. Like mm. people just did not have a sense of humor in the early, like early 2000s. And the people who did, I think people like us had this sense of humor. We were ahead of our time. And that's why things flopped though, yeah. because nobody <laughs> else did. Because yeah. we were the only ones in theaters watching. Uh-huh. Kiki, what's your relationship with this mm. movie? Did you see it when it first came out? I watched it because like, so I have always loved Rosario Dawson because one time someone told me that, <laughs> They thought I looked like Rosario Dawson and I thought she was so beautiful. So ever since then, I, was, I watch all things Rosario <laughs> Dawson. <laughs> well, Donnie says that he looks like Megan Fox. So I think that we're all in good company. And I think, who did I say I looked like, Donnie? Nev Campbell. Yeah. And Donnie texted back. I said, I think I look like Nev Campbell, a young Nev Campbell. And Donnie texted back, oh. <laughs> Listen, I'm not here to gaslight my friend. So now that that's out of the way, Kiki, can you synopse? What is the verb of synopsis? Is there one? No. Uh, can you no. can you summarize? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. I was still taken aback by this Nev Campbell. <laughs> yeah, in one minute or less, it's like apples to apples. However you want to do it, just break down the plot. Go. Okay. I would say that Josie and the Pussycats felt like it was written by somebody who quit because they got into a fight midway and then left and went to go write Zoolander because it's pretty much the same movie, (laughs) essentially evildoers who are paid big bucks by corporations to put subliminal messages into (laughs) pop bands so that they make them famous and listeners will want to basically consume a lot of stuff. Um, The entire movie is satire, brand logos everywhere. And that's what's funny because that's its own subliminal message throughout (laughs) the entire film that I don't think people got. Um, But really, it's just a film with a larger message about consumerism. I love that. And I never realized... The Zoolander connection. You're absolutely right. I never really thought about the fact that it's literally the same film. (laughs) Same message, same plot. Wow. And I didn't realize they came out in the same year. Like Zoolander came out like right at the end of September 2001. And this came out, I think, April. This was like the original No Strings Attached (laughs) Friends with Benefits situation where it was like the same movie just came out at the same time. And much like those two... One flopped and one was a success. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. You are too good at this, Kiki, though, because this is your TikTok is showing because you just really did summarize the entire plot perfectly. And I think we can go home. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> rate us five stars. Thank you for coming on, Kiki. <laughs> yeah, some people leave out big chunks and then other people go like five minutes long and we have to edit them down to a minute. But you did exactly what we asked. So thank you. We're not used to it. <laughs> I don't know what to do with all this extra time. (laughs) Well, quarantine taught me well how to fit it in in 60 seconds or less. (laughs) So to discuss the movie, actually, before we even get to plot, I just want to discuss the music. This is the best soundtrack of all time, I think. I mean, it's not my favorite. Like, I like a lot of movie soundtracks. Mm -hmm. This wasn't my favorite one. I wanted to like it more, I felt like. What is your favorite one? Um, I'm trying to remember the name right, but I I can remember the song. I don't want to grow up. Freaky Friday. Oh. I love that song. I don't know. Yeah, My that is also a great soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I like this soundtrack, but in terms of like for movies, I'm like a Garden State girl. Oh, wow. I'm like that basic okay. bitch that was like sitting there and thinking I was like a manic pixie dream girl, just like doing my own thing in the early aughts, like every other no, film you're white not bitch. allowed to talk. But <laughs> Josie and the Pussycat Dolls, Josie and the Pussycats. They had some bops. And I like that in this movie, they just were like, oh, no, we're going to give you the full song every time. So just sit back and enjoy. And even if you don't enjoy it, you will eventually, because, again, subliminal messaging. (laughs) That I did appreciate that they did give you the full 
song. So I did appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I thought this movie was just a two hour commercial, but then I was like, wait, it's also a two hour music video. True. Yeah. A few years ago, the soundtrack was not available on streaming services. So I bought it on eBay, the CD. So it's the only CD I own, actually. That's another fact I came Wow. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And I read somewhere that like, you know, because you like you said, Babyface was the producer and he really only worked with black artists. So he had originally found a black artist that had like a rock band voice. But like she was so good. They were like, it doesn't sound like this would come out of Rachel Lee Cook's mouth. (laughs) They were like, we really do need to find like a white girl or, you know, like it's just it's just working too well. Wow, I didn't know that. But do you know who they found, Kiki? I can't remember the name. Tell me. I don't know her name, but she's the lead singer of Letters to Cleo. And that's the band yeah. from 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Circles, circles become is, circles. Yeah, I was going to say circles become squares, but I knew that wasn't right. So I stopped talking. <laughs> and since we're on the soundtrack, the movie flopped, but the soundtrack was very well received and was certified gold within a month after the movie's release. And then in 2018, they re-released it on vinyl. That wow. sounds like Gangsta's Paradise. What was the movie with Michelle Pfeiffer where, like, Coolio's song did way better than the film? What is that movie called? <laughs> I always just say Gangsta's yeah. Paradise because the movie was so bad. I mean, all I know Dangerous is like, Minds. Me. Yes. And then yes, they made I a TV dangerous. show with Annie Potts. <laughs> <laughs> also a flop. <laughs> I like that they took a movie that flopped and they were like, you know what will translate well? Make it a TV show. Package it in 30 minutes. You know what? You might not know, like... I, if I were to make a TV show of a movie, I don't know that I would know if things are flops. Because I know what I like, but I don't know what does well at the box office. So if they were like, Donnie, make something a TV show, I'd be like, oh, you know what the world needs? A Hey Dude (laughs) reboot. (laughs) They would be like, no, I don't think so. (laughs) I mean, I think nothing sums that up more than the fact that we did two seasons of Mary-Kate and Ashley. Not... They're well-known movies, but we're like, let's take it back to the mystery series. That's what the world (laughs) needs right now. (laughs) And the rest is history. Look at us now. Something else is history is du jour. Because at the start of this movie, a famous boy band, du jour, their plane crashes and they go missing. Were the two of you big boy band girls growing up? I liked the music, but I was never like going to a concert, wearing all the stuff, like trying to get into their hotel room. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I was not trying to get into their hotel rooms, but I was obsessed with the Backstreet Boys. And when I was about 10, my dad got me and my cousin Backstreet Boys tickets for our birthdays. And just to like paint a little picture about my family, my parents are like, I would say they're like hippie adjacent. Like I grew up going to music festivals. My dad is a deadhead, goes to like Grateful Dead shows. You know, he does all that stuff. So for him to take me and my cousin to a Backstreet Boys concert was a departure from his usual (laughs) concert attending vibes. And to this day, he refers to the concert as a deeply troubling experience (laughs) because he said it was just essentially like prepubescent girls, like screaming and losing their ever fucking (laughs) mind with like basically like grown men, like taking their shirts off and like thrusting on stage. And he said like watching me just lose my shit. He was like, I like afterwards had to like sit in a dark room and like contemplate what I had just opened myself up to. I do have to (laughs) say though, DuJour's hit single backdoor lover, I think really (laughs) captures the true creepiness of the boy band experience. Totally. It's like these 30 year old men (laughs) and they only have like 12 year old fans. The whole thing is so always so creepy. So creepy. So creepy. And I must say so well written. This movie, I think just in general, was such a sign of the times back then. Like it really knew what it was talking about. And I think it has to do with like that whole series of movies that was so smart that like, I think the first time around, and I'm just thinking of like Parker Posey in general, I just am obsessed with her. And so like Best in Show and all of those type of movies that they're doing commentary on real life, Mm -hmm. but it's done in such a way where sometimes satire just like does not hit 
mainstream and with the general public. And I think this is one of those movies. Like I am not being a snarky bitch this round. Usually I'm like, I hate it. It was stupid. Everyone's terrible. I'm like low key here for this movie. But you know what? Because of that, I think I still am a snarky bitch just to the people that didn't like it. Like I know someone and whenever people don't (laughs) like the movies he likes, he's like, you just didn't get it. And that is really how I feel about Josie and the Pussycats. That's why it's a flop because it was over people's heads. And that was the thing, like, you know, Christopher Guest with, like, Best in Show and all this, it was like, he was able to market himself and people understood, like, this is what you're getting. But these directors, I guess, you know, nobody maybe knew them that well to know, like, this is our point of view. This is our humor. Instead, it really does look like a teeny bop film. And so everyone took it at face value, which is not what it was at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'll notice they wrote a very Brady sequel, and that did not lead to a very Brady trilogy. So I think these two just, uh, we'll, we'll call it marketing. But like I said, this movie is very much a sign of the times. When Serena Anschel showed up on MTV News to say that DuJour was missing, I gasped. Because she, Kurt Lauder, and Linda Ellerby, they were my news reporters when I was little. And that's why I don't watch the news now, because they're not on the news anymore. If they brought them back, I could be a political commentator myself, because I would be so into it. I do just have to do a quick plug. You guys know I love a shameless plug. And as soon as I saw this monkey on the plane, I have to say, I know we have a lot of new listeners and I highly encourage everybody who's new here to go back to season one and listen to our Funhouse mystery episode because around the 20 minute mark, we talk about monk kids. M-O-N-K-I-D-S, Mung Kids. And not to toot our own horn, but toot toot. I truly think it's probably the most unhinged 10 minutes Donnie and I have ever recorded. And obviously that says a lot. So I just had to get that out there because as soon as I saw that monkey, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, we know what's going to happen when that little monkey hits puberty and it's not going to be pretty. Oh my God. And now I need to go back and listen. I'll send you the link, Kiki. It's okay. Perfect. Uh (laughs) Was that commercial planned or is that just the top of your head? I love that you hit us with a commercial. (laughs) It was very like, I love Lucy when she used to have to record her own commercial. Well, I mean, we are talking about a movie that has a target logo right behind. We're on theme here. There's always a purpose (laughs) somewhere hidden in madness. So now that DuJour is missing, this inspires the flop band, the Pussycats, to really put themselves out there. So they're like, we need to, you know, not let ourselves die in a plane crash. Do you think, and I don't know how this segues into my question, but do you think that the band themselves would have been popular if they were a real band at this time? That's such a good question, because I think manufacturing of pop stars has been happening for so long. We're really aware of it now, but I don't think we were as aware of it before. So I would say, yeah, they probably would be if they have enough money behind them. They're obviously all hot. I mean, everything about this movie made me so nostalgic, but also like, remember how I was like, I couldn't wear those outfits and I couldn't do those things, you know, because it was a very specific mm-hmm. body Absolutely. type back yeah. then. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, why not? I mean, three girls singing rock music. Sure. Yeah. And it's weird that, I mean, I guess it's because the movie flopped, but this was also around the same era of Hannah Montana and Cheetah Girls. And like there were other movies that were actually like taking the music from the movie and like, and I guess in both those cases, it was kind of flipped that it was like a TV show and then it became something. Yeah. But there were like albums and tours and things of those quote unquote fake groups that became real. So it's interesting that that never happened for the Pussycat Dolls, for the Pussycats. <laughs> it did happen for the Pussycat Dolls, who were a manufactured band. But True. For and for all those reasons, I want to say yes. I mean, like, like we talked about, their album did do well. It was the movie that did poorly. So I guess the answer is yes. But at the same time, I feel like there wasn't really a three-person girl group from America that was not all Black women. So, like, I don't know that that's what America would want. Like, if they were from the UK or Ireland or Sweden or something, I would say absolutely. But in America, I think the only girl groups we wanted were Black women. Interesting. <laughs> like 3LW, Destiny's Child, of course, TLC. But who else did we have? Of course. 
Yeah, I was just silent because I was racking my brain. and I I'm was- always thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was trying to find outliers and I was like, well, Spice Girls, but they are from the UK and there's also five of them. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when they lost five is when they flopped. True. Now, while we're here talking about girl groups, I do have one more. No, not one more because I have plenty more facts where this came from. But instead of me just preaching at you, I decided I was going to sneak attack you with a game. Uh-oh. I have a list of four. Four women that auditioned for the role of Valerie that didn't get it. And they're all musicians. Who do you think is on the list? Okay, so the year is 2000, or I guess it could have been 99. Who knows how long they were in production, (laughs) but okay. Auditioned for the role of Valerie, which is Rosario Dawson's. Okay. God, it was big back then. I know. I think Brandy. Yes, good. Three oh, more. Very good. Was oh, she one? Yeah. Did I get one? Uh-huh. Well, then can I throw in Monica? I mean, that was not like... Monica. Okay. <laughs> Were there any of the Destiny's Child? There was what? Kelly? No. Beyonce? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Two more. One solo artist and one from a girl group. Sierra? No. But keep going down that road. Ashanti? Nope. When I say down that road, like go better. <laughs> like, maybe go down the Beyonce road. Oh, oh. Christina Milian? No, but I wish. <laughs> All right, tell us, Donnie. It was Aaliyah and Left Eye. Oh. Yes. Aaliyah. I know. I know. Yeah. And then, this will not be a game, I'll just tell you. The two people that auditioned for Josie, and I'm glad they didn't get it, were Maggie Gyllenhaal and Zoe Deschanel. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very a different weird. road we would be down. Yeah. <laughs> Could yeah. you imagine Maggie Gyllenhaal, Lisa Left no. Eye Lopez, and Tara no. Reid as these roles? <laughs> well, I bet that there would be no new girl if Zoe Deschanel had gotten this because this would have killed her career. You're right. Unless Rachel Lee Cook was new girl. Oh, sliding doors moment there. Yeah. And this is why I like, I would love to be a casting agent because like in my head, I think like, I am always like, I can pick people together, but then like to see them in a room actually reading these parts would be amazing. (laughs) So while the pussycats are out there trying to be discovered, Wyatt from Mega Records finds them and wants to sign them without even hearing them play. And they make promises to each other using their like bus passes or whatever that they'll always be friends first and a band second. I have to say the fact that Riverdale, the city allowed them to have bus passes with three people in the picture, (laughs) just from like a city management standpoint, somebody should probably look into that. I wasn't even allowed to wear glasses in mine, (laughs) like not sunglasses, real glasses. Right? No smiling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I look like John Gosselin in my driver's license photo. (laughs) And these bitches are treating it like a photo booth. They probably were not like props. So then they get signed and they get a makeover. Which we know my tale of with makeover, so we won't bring Deborah. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna say her full name. No, X. Yeah, I'll bleep that out. That's a bridge too far. We've been terrorizing Deborah on this podcast, but we certainly cannot bring a last name. You were inspired by Ryan Bailey telling that period story. I was. Oh my god! I know in this movie, like the joke is kind of that they get these makeovers, but basically like come out looking pretty much the same, but I couldn't stop thinking about like, if this was America's next top model, two of them would have gotten like slight trims and like a cute dye job. And then one of them would have been like shaved bald with no eyebrows. And Tyra would have been like, be grateful. They would have made Valerie bald 100%. And then when she felt like the outcast, then you're absolutely right. They would have said like, why? (laughs) Mr. J would have come up and been like, do you know how lucky you are to be here in Josie's presence? And you're complaining about your bald head and no eyebrows. Like, how dare you? The thing that was so interesting, too, about Valerie, you know, Rosario Dawson's part, she said that she got a perm for this role, like, and it was like a really bad perm. And I was thinking, like, how interesting that was, because I guess her hair is just like naturally straight. Because if you see all the pictures of Josie and Pussycats, she's like a darker skinned Black woman. And I, I was like wondering if they just like were like, get this perm to like black it up. I don't know. Like, it was just like, why the perm? Yeah. And all, who did I say audition? Brandy was the darkest yeah. one. Everyone else was on the left. Yeah, I mean, that was the yeah. look in the, you know, like yeah, it was a true. very specific look yeah. then. And- it definitely is intentional. Nothing is like left to chance. Right. True. <laughs> so on that note, 
Mega Records signs them and changes their name to Josie and the Pussycats. And they say, Wyatt says, are you more likely to buy a CD or read a comic or watch a cartoon or go and see a movie about a trio of luscious ladies called Josie and the Pussycats? And I, back to a very brave sequel, I think movies that are self-referential when they are like based on something, that's when it works best for me. Yeah, I like the wink and the nod. And I like that they did it in a heavy-handed way because I was not somebody that read the comic books Mm. or, like, had any prior experience. (laughs) And I could still catch on to what they were doing. I mean, they had that Missy character, which I have follow-up questions I will get to in one second. But she was like, well, I'm here because I was in the comic books. And he's like, what? And I just – I thought that was cute. And for me, the dumbass who doesn't know anything, I was like, oh, I get it because she was in the comic (laughs) books. But about Missy – Are we supposed to think that she is like in the same age demographic as the (laughs) pussycats? Like she's trying to steal Josie's boyfriend and she's like always lurking. Is she supposed to be like a high school student with them? Yeah. That's the thing though, but like they're like high school dropouts because that's the thing. It's like, okay, you you start believing they're in high school because they're like fighting with these other popular girls. And when do you have fights with like cheerleader girls unless you're in high school? But then they're living on their own in an apartment and they like right. have a van. So they're really like 20 something. They're right. just the townies. They're the people yeah. that never left the town that are still fighting with the high school girls that are going to the local bar that you see on Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah. And now that you said that, we don't even know that those like girls in matching clothes are high schoolers. They <laughs> could just be like girls they knew from high school. Yeah. They're like maybe going to community college, but they definitely, like you said, they're they're townies. Yeah. yeah, and they are definitely sliding into some DMs saying that they have an exciting business opportunity for us. <laughs> you know, they're like, "Hey, hun, I think you'd be a great addition to my team. DM me for details." Uh-huh. They should have bought what's that thing called, the Soundmaster. They would have really their business would have done well. Wow. Speaking of the Soundmaster 3000, that's not what it's called, but it is now. We learned that Mega Records is working with the government to insert subliminal advertising into popular music to coerce teenagers into buying whatever they want and to chase new trends. And up until this point, we have seen many logo and like name dropping of brands. But it was here that I was like, oh, now it makes sense that it's a two hour commercial. I am curious, like, what the government's long-term goal was. Like, were they eventually going to make it more insidious or more, like, progressive? Or was the government just straight up like, yeah, I really want everybody going to Target? Well, I think it was about conforming because Mm -hmm. when they did, they at one point kidnapped the alternative girl who, like, didn't listen to this music. (laughs) And we found her in the experimental room. And when you heard the subliminal message, it was like, conform conform get your vaccine (laughs) oh my god ask willie receive where is that mega mind (laughs) i thought it was cute that eugene levy was randomly playing himself young well younger 40 years i don't (laughs) know don't age yeah but again it's like it had all the pieces to tell the audience and i think that was their attempt it's like no look it's parker posey and eugene levy and you know the type of movies that they make look at what type of movie this is but i think it just didn't hit for whatever reason well because they weren't on the cover right you know they they were in the movie but they weren't on the cover so we just didn't get the signals true yeah because i think the three leads i think that they were never in movies like this exactly mm-hmm. because missy pyle who is not the character it's the actress but i wasn't going to say anything until now um she is always in weird stuff but the pussycat doll nope see now chelsea damn it the pussycat <laughs> <laughs> that was punishment for coming at you about missy pyle the pussycats they are always in like legit things so I think their fans came to this and then were like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the marketing overall, they're oh, promoting yeah, it sure. like it's a teen bop movie. And it's, uh-huh. hey, look at this, Donnie. You've taught me something. It's Jennifer's body all over again with the marketing. Oh, I'm so glad ding, you ding, did ding, it. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so I didn't have to do it. <laughs> and I brought another fact to this portion of the show. There were approximately 73 companies who had product placements in this movie, and none of them paid. 
for it. It was like all plot reasons. Smart. The Target, that McDonald's bathroom you saw, <laughs> that was all just because it was in the script. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know if I even want to go down this route, but I've already started talking. So here we go. Speaking of McDonald's, have I ever told you the story of when I pooped into a McDonald's bag? <laughs> no. <laughs> I definitely would remember that. He was like, yes, and please stop telling him. (laughs) (laughs) Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. So I am a proud member of the IBS gang, gang, gang. And when I was pregnant with my second daughter, I had a very strange conundrum where I was so nauseous and the only thing I could eat was McDonald's, which did not help the (laughs) other end of the spectrum, if you know what I'm saying. And so I was just a hot mess and I was going to a concert and I got McDonald's on my way and I was driving and I live in the DMV. There's always traffic. And I, all of a sudden, like my stomach started clenching and I'm like, all right, I'm going to make it to this concert. Like (laughs) it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I had to pull over. I like got to a point, I got (laughs) off at a rest stop. I'm going down and I realized it's one of those rest stops where it's like, it tells you that there's a bathroom like right off of it and you get off and then it's like six miles. And I'm like, well, fuck, I don't have six miles. (laughs) So I made a game time call, a game time decision. And I pulled over and I got into the backseat of my car, six months pregnant (laughs) and just a clean pinch right in the bag, took those handy dandy napkins, cleaned myself up. And then I wish that this is where the story ended, but (laughs) 
I got too cocky. No. I was feeling too confident about the fact that I had just pulled off the poop of a lifetime just directly into that McDonald's bag. And I thought to myself, you know what? Why turn around? I can just throw this away and continue on to the concert. So I got about 10 minutes down the road and it was time for round two. But unfortunately, this time I did not have the McDonald's bag. So I just pooped my pants. <gasps> no. So anyway, McDonald's sponsor us. I'm the cute one. Use code cute for 50% off that Big Mac. We heard that story just because I used the word McDonald's. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Remember when Katie Maloney came on to talk about malls in the 90s and you told her you gave a blowjob in a basement that is <laughs> not the story it was a hand job and it was my friend <laughs> kiki do you have a mcdonald's story have you ever pooped in a bag i've never pooped in a mcdonald's bag absolutely not no nope, not a mcflurry not a <laughs> no poop doesn't need to be included we can leave that part out i want to tell a mcdonald's story since we're here now one time I was on a first date and the boy was like, I want to take you to this restaurant. It's a secret. And I said, oh, okay. And he was like, yeah, it's like Narnia. You're going to love it. So he drove me into like this little weird wooded path. It was, all, I don't even know what it was like. Kind of like the village. <laughs> like they lived in a park and nobody knew. Like he drove me through the woods. And then we came out at the like employee parking lot of a rest stop on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And like to get there, they have to go through the woods or else they have to like pay the tolls on the PA Turnpike. So he drove me to a McDonald's at a rest stop, but we went through the woods to get there. And that was our first day. And <laughs> I'm like, oh no. So then on the way home, I was like, pull over in these woods and let's have some butt sex because <laughs> if you took me to this McDonald's back entrance, and I don't even get my back entrance pulled into. This is not a day. Well, it's a quote du jour, backdoor loving. <laughs> backdoor loving. I mean, my McDonald's stories are not that. I mean, the most recent McDonald's story is that I had a lot of single friends and um, we like want to follow each other on our iPhones because, you know, if yes. you're going out with somebody on Hinge or whatever, like I want to know where you're going. But I refuse to turn my location on. Cause we keep it on all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want my friends to know how much I get my job. <laughs> like, I don't want, like, if there's any chance of them ever just like going in, like, why is she always at the McDonald's? Is this broken? She's always at the McDonald's drive-thru. She can't possibly be there. Oh again. Kiki, I think you lost your phone. I think it's at that McDonald's. It's been there for days now. <laughs> or next time you go to McDonald's, you can just tie your phone to like a stray dog. So it looks like you're taking a job. <laughs> I don't know if he'll come back, but. It's a good plan in theory. <laughs> so then Fiona throws a party for Josie and the Pussycats, but it's basically a party for herself. And this is when I realized, like, I love Fiona. Her decorations were all her. She had an ice sculpture of her name. It was brilliant. Do you have to say her doing her little Broadway performance with the lights uh-huh. down the stairs? I did think of you, Donnie, because I feel like that is how you would make an entrance for somebody else's like birthday party. Yeah. Welcome to your party. <laughs> At least it was to Josie's song. True. And another fact I was going to tell you later, but I'll tell you now. Fiona's backstory was supposed to be that she was fat when she was younger, but Parker Posey thought it would be funnier if she had a speech impediment instead. But this scene when there's all those random like, I'm so obese, let me eat this one Pringle. Like, that's why those jokes were in. But what confuses me is there was still a like foreshadowing of the speech impediment in the scene. So if we were putting this in, why couldn't we take those out? It didn't work. Yeah, good question. Yeah, that's so strange. Yeah. Yeah. yeah didn't love it. I mean, anorexia was in then. So they were just like, you're right. Let's just keep it. You're right. Tips and tricks to the masses, honestly. <laughs> good times. Good yeah. times. Those toxic early odds. <laughs> 
let's just skip ahead to when Valerie and Melody went to TRL, which was really TRD, Total Request Dead, because Carson Daly, which is the real Carson Daly, and an impressionist were waiting to kill them. I really only want to talk about this scene so I can tell you I was obsessed with this scene. And one time I got into an Uber... Like, early days of Uber. I don't even know if it was called Uber, but it wasn't a taxi cab. And all I did was quote that Bill Cosby impression the entire ride home. Like, first, I was like, you know who's funny? Bill Cosby, and he's gonna kill you after stick my spoon in the pudding. But then that one line wasn't enough. Then I had to say, like, thank you for picking me up. (laughs) like that the whole half hour ride from philadelphia to ben salem pa wait (laughs) i was thinking this was like a two minute trip no oh no god bless that uber driver because if this is in the early days of uber too you know that that's before they had like any not that they have a ton of rights now but that's like before they could give you a rating that was probably before they could be like hey can i not pick up people that are putting on a (laughs) one-man show (laughs) of josie and the pussycats (laughs) Jesus. Uh, We've a lot of like horrifying tales on this podcast that make me like really question your soul. (laughs) But that is one of the darkest I've heard, honestly. And then for you to do the Bill Cosby impression today was a choice, Tommy. Listen, we're not talking about the man himself. The man himself is problematic, but the man doing the impression, I don't know where he is now. He could be a wonderful father. Ari Spears. <laughs> like, when I saw him, I was like, oh, wow, he's been around for a long yeah. time. I didn't realize how long he had been like a working comedian in, in movies. It was wild to see him. Yeah, I did... That night in the Uber, I knew his name because first I asked that. I was like, do you know Ari Spears? And they didn't. And I was like, he's in Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> but now, 20 years later, his name did escape me. I, I must be on. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing Carson, too, in that scene was so like, I just, I went back. I was like, God, this man... I mean, this is going to sound mean. I mean, Donnie just did a Bill Cosby impression. (laughs) So please, I don't think you can say anything. Kiki, go ahead. (laughs) You know, Carson Daly, lovely person. But when I saw his face, I, of course, went into like a deep dive. And then I was like, man, we talk about how like white men have been able to be mediocre and do amazing things throughout their life. This is like where it started because like Carson Daly, what was so great about him? Why was he like the voice of this generation like he was he was mtv right. he was in summer house before summer yeah. house was, you know what i'm saying like he was in every mtv house and he's gone on and he's now created an empire from this but i was just like you were so regular absolutely so regular. and then even like the pete davidson of it all he met tara reed who like later in life whatever tara reads but at this point, she was, like, beautiful. She was talented. I thought she was so funny in this movie. And they met on this. And then, like, less than six months later, they were engaged. So just how all around? How? <laughs> hmm Yeah. I mean, I followed Carson's relationship. I mean, I thought him and, and Jennifer Love Hewitt were the real thing. And then when he was with Tara, I just felt like it was a rebound because, like, Jennifer did him, you know, dumped him and... Why did I follow this man's life so closely? It is wild because he was, you're not even being hyperbolic of like, he was the voice of the generation. Like I would come home from school and whatever songs that were good, I was like, oh yeah, well, Carson Daly likes it. So I like it now too. (laughs) Why? And he got to meet every famous person in the world and interview Mm -hmm. them. And it's not like he was like, a great interviewer no, that was exactly. asking the hard hitting questions. He was always just like shouting over the screaming of like, tell us about your song, Brittany. Yeah. He was no Regis Philbin for Christ's sake. <laughs> 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 now I'll work on that impression for next time to make up for the problematic one I did this week. So back to the movie. Cause we are running out of time. We'll wrap it up. Josie discovers that subliminal advertisements have been placed in their music, but it is too late. Fiona is still going to force them to perform in the arena tour. But Dujour shows up, Fiona and Wyatt are arrested, and the band makes up, and they no longer are fighting. And we also learn that Fiona and Wyatt 
have been living fake lives for the past, I don't know, we'll say 20 years, because they didn't like who they were in high school. And that was the whole reason that they were using this machine to tell people what to think and what to buy. And in high school, they were known as White Ass Wally and Lisping Lisa, which <laughs> that's another thing I quote from this movie. All the, This really is one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time. White Ass Wally? Lisping Lisa? <laughs> so good. The Uber driver heard that too, I think. <laughs> now, if they wanted to like rebrand themselves and try to escape their embarrassing tales from high school, they should have just started a podcast where they could talk incessantly about themselves and tell the time that they pooped in a McDonald's bag. I mean, they didn't have to go through all of this. They could have just gotten a microphone from Amazon. <laughs> Are we, this is not the first time we compared ourselves to Lisping Lisa. Are we those two? We might be. Who's who? (laughs) I feel like we're both a little bit of each. No, I don't like that answer. Kiki, the pressure is on you. Who is who? (laughs) And if you say I'm anyone other than Lisping Lisa, we're going to have an issue. You're definitely Lisping Lisa. (laughs) I have a speech impediment for Christ's sake. (laughs) I'm fine. I'll take the crown of white ass Wally. That's fine. (laughs) I mean, they're both great or both terrible, actually. Um, And that is the end of the movie. But I do want to talk about one thing really quick before we cast the remake. During the final performance, Alan M is holed up in that mosh pit thing. And he's like, Josie, I love you. And she just responds like they're at a little cafe. I, I can't even hear the people next to me when I'm at concerts. And like, all I could think, and this is a problem now, just knowing all this information, all I could think was like, we've seen Astroworld, like, could they really hear from the state? And I'm like, why am I going down this? I'm just trying to watch a movie. Stop this. He's just saying he loves her from all the way in the audience. Totally normal. Oh, Christ. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. You're so smart. You make me see the world in a new light. Dark. So for final thoughts, Donnie, again, is always going to tell me that he will not see any movie I cast, but I really do think I did a good job this time. Who would you guys cast if we had a remake today? This was like really difficult for me because I had so many. And of course, you know, I always try to make it harder for myself. I was like, "Mm, I'm going to cast it as an all black cast. And that was like, I was like, I got to focus. Let me just try (laughs) to figure out some people. And, you know, Um, I was caught in Josie between a couple people or few people Marseille Martin <gasps> who was on Blackish Maisie Williams who we know from Game mm-hmm. of Thrones and Yara Shahidi who was also Ooh. on Blackish I like those I those love are all good. of those and then I, I, ha- I just want Kiki Palmer and everything and I just felt like maybe as a Valerie she would be really awesome Donnie casts Kiki Palmer every <laughs> single week so Kiki Palmer is getting a lot of work from us <laughs> <laughs> um, and then look, Tara Reed, look, I, I fell in love with her again in this movie because she can play the dumb girl mm-hmm. in such a way where we love her, which is really hard because like Amanda Seyfried in Mean Girls, she did it really well. There were moments where you were like, mm, you lost me a little bit, but like to play that dumb girl that you still like is really hard. And she did such a good job. So that was a hard one to cast, but I thought maybe Ariana Grande could do it. She was my original, but then I switched her. Yeah, but Ooh. I thought she would be good. Um, do you want me to go through the whole list or do we just do the the pussy Listen, cat? if you have the whole list, we'll take it. I mean, okay, so I just thought for du jour, uh, <laughs> maybe it could be funny if it was like Harry Styles, Chet Hayes, Little Nas X, and Eric Andre. And I know Eric Andre is much older, but I also think that's a funny mm-hmm. part of it. The brother and sister manager team, I was thinking um, comedian Rel Howard and Nicole Byer. Yes. <laughs> I love And that. then for like the new Wyatt frame, um, Asia Kate Dillon, they play on Billions <gasps> Taylor or Elizabeth Olsen or, <laughs> oh, sorry, this is Fiona or Elizabeth Olsen is Fiona or Katy Perry is Fiona. Incredible. Donnie, who did you have? Now you are going to say I lose this week because you're not going to know who any of these people are. Oh, but okay. <laughs> but my Disney babies, listen up. Oh. Okay, so as Josie, I have China Ann McLean. As mm-hmm. Valerie, I have Ariana DeBose, Anita from West Side Story. Perhaps you've heard of it. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Melody, I have Ashley Park from Emily in Paris. 
And as Fiona and Wyatt, a little callback to the tones of this movie, they're a little over the right age, but it's okay because I think the crowd will be pleased. I have Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. It's Disney heavy, so I don't know a lot of those people, but I trust oh, you. Oh, all right. I'll send you a um, spreadsheet afterward. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie's got a Google Doc. Okay, so I went with, like, if we were doing it present day, I don't know. Well, now I'm feeling insecure about this. <laughs> no, don't. Okay, I think that the band Hiem could play Josie and the Pussycat Dolls, and then they could go on tour with their music. And then I had Benny Drama and Mary Beth Barone <gasps> playing Wally and listing Lisa, because they're like they such a good nice. duo, you know? That would be good. That was mine. Maybe I didn't win, but you know. No. Great. (laughs) This is my new tactic. I'm going to make Donnie feel bad for me to be like, no, no, no. You did such a good job. Because usually he's like, I hate it. Never see it. (laughs) So now she's manipulating me. Um, (laughs) Just like white ass Wally. (laughs) But also, just like Lisping Lisa, listen to, go back and listen to that audio. Because you say, hey, and then when you say Benny Drama, then I say, oh, yeah, they would be good. (laughs) Like your first answer. But (laughs) now you got it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So last question. We like to say what aged well about the movie and what aged like blockbusters? Truthfully, I think everything in this movie aged well because it was ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. So I actually think it would do really well now. Um, everything except the Bill Cosby. I mean, they probably would have to redub that. So that wouldn't, that didn't age well. I have to say, I think specifically Donnie's Bill Cosby impression aged poorly this episode. And I agree. I think that this movie does hold up. And I think the commentary on capitalism, like everything about it was so smart. I hope that this becomes a cult classic that like people revisit and it becomes something like it has a resurgence. Yes. I said basically the same thing as both of you, that the music and the message aged well for me. I do think because it was ahead of its time, but it was also such a sign of the times. I do think trying to introduce it to a younger generation might not like click. They might be like, what is a Heath Ledger? But besides that, I do think the overall movie works well. Mm -hmm. Well, Kiki, before you go, First of all, thank you so much for watching this just to come on and listen to us tell stories about the McDonald's in our areas. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun. And I was like, I remember I was like, I want to go back and rewatch more older movies that I like love. They're so fun. They are fun. Yeah. Some more than others. This one really got it. So <laughs> before you go, let everyone know where they can follow you, where they can listen to you. Everything. You can follow me um, on IG or TikTok at the Talk of Shame, um, and you can listen to me on my podcast. I'm sorry on all platforms. The Talk of Shame on Instagram is the best social media account ever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We will <laughs> talk to you later. Love you like a sister. <laughs> Did that work? <laughs> Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you, you later. later. Love you, you like, like a sister. sister. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.